it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. Here we go. Here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Monday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who did not drop out of the race for the White House yesterday. No ma'am. Ron DeSantis. And the never back down super PAC have backed down. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Uh, The Trump man just slightly more cordial than that as the Florida governor, a fantastic governor at that, has decided to uh, make 2024 and his race for the White House a thing of the past. We will discuss it and we will get into claims from the Haley campaign. That she's actually going to take this thing in New Hampshire. Wrong. Listen, you got to talk tough at this stage of the primaries because one of the reasons DeSantis actually left is he had no donors left. It costs a lot of money to run for political office. It really does. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you'd like to fill up the coffers on this here show. I do not mean financially. I mean conversationally because this is a program where everybody's welcome. care where you come from i don't care what color you are i don't care how smart you are i don't care how dumb you are no ma'am uh, on this show, everyone is welcome, as long as you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom, there it is. Happy Monday. Uh, first of all, if you watched Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, thank you. Uh, we won the ratings battle in our debut. I don't doubt we did it again this week because it was, to be honest with you, uh, a much better show. <laughs> Stop it. I stand by the claim. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort was fantastic. Battle and Bill Hemmer was amazing. Uh, John Taffer, perhaps most importantly of all, my main man, John Taffer, out there listening in Las Vegas right now, take a bow. It was just a great hang. Uh, and I'm so happy to give that or at least have a chance to give that or provide that to cable news viewers every Saturday night because it's just escapism. It's just an hour where we're not fighting over politics. and People can kind of coexist. It's essentially a bar. That's why I call it a cable news keg party. But to that point, really quickly, before we get on with the business of the show, uh, Fox, when my book goes on sale January 30th, is putting together a virtual book signing. For all of the people who are always like, I want to go to one of your stand-up shows. It's, uh, you know, I'm working or it's never in my town. Well, dig this. Uh, January 31st, it is a Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. They are doing my virtual book signing, which means if you go to JimmySignedBook.com, www.JimmySignedBook.com, Okay, Premier Live Collectibles will get you an autographed copy of my book and a chance, not even a chance, a ticket to attend the virtual book signing where we will interact live. You can ask me questions. We can talk about the book, talk about my career. uh, You can talk about my, you know, my dirtbag son if you have. Shut your mouth. The point is uh, it's direct access to me. Uh, Brian Brenberg is going to be there moderating the thing, and essentially all he does is tell you who's up next in the group chat. Hey, Jimmy, 
you know. Cinnabons in Opelika, Alabama, has just gotten off the main stage, and she has a question about you. Hubba, hubba. Okay, stuff like that. It's a virtual event. So I'm live on camera. You can be on camera, or you can just be there attending, you know, via the chat. But the point is, it's you and me, and it's hours of hanging out. And most importantly, it ends with you receiving an autographed copy of the book. It is www.jimmysignedbook.com. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, voters in New Hampshire not digging Ron DeSantis. Get him out of here. Get him out. It's a heavy one because the governor was essentially going into t- tomorrow night's primary polling in low single digits. Trump's up about 20 points on Nikki Haley. Uh, but DeSantis was coming in around 5%. Understand, this was the guy who came into this race with the most hype and the most money. So there can be no understating what a spectacular collapse this has been. They spent $130 million and didn't even make it to New Hampshire. That was embarrassing. I mean, for real, though. He's just a month, maybe one event, one event, one event for $130 million. He did one event better than Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) But understand, when Kamala ran for the presidency, okay, in 2020, she dropped out just before the Iowa caucuses because in her home state of California, she was polling at 1%. 1%. The people who knew her best... Had her at 1%. Why? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. I do love Judge Jeanine. I just wish she wouldn't hold back so much. But the point is, DeSantis, for all the money and all the hype, only made it one event further than Kamala Harris. I mean, it was just a spectacular, it was a disaster. And... I don't think anybody's surprised by it. I mean, I told you the minute he launched his campaign on Twitter spaces, they got some real bad political instincts on this team. As a governor, phenomenal. As a policy, phenomenal. I mean this. Ron DeSantis had a courage and a clarity during the COVID pandemic that nobody had, including Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. I'm being honest, though. Donald Trump, if you remember, the last thing he did, the last thing he did as president, was pin a Medal of Honor on Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. I mean, you think about that. As we stand here now, everybody wants to arrest Fauci. You imagine a world where you'd tolerate any one of these politicians putting a medal on the guy's chest aside from Trump? There was a transactional nature to the Trump supporter that I understand. I mean, the truth is DeSantis's failure is not ultimately his fault, just the same as Nikki Haley's defeat won't be her fault. The reality is Donald Trump was exponentially better as a president than Joe Biden is. And every second that Joe Biden is in office, Donald Trump's presidency ages a little bit better. I agree with that. I don't doubt Obama does because the Obamas are horrified right now. They're circling the wagons and they've basically taken every one of their advisors, the David Axelrods of the world, and trotted them out to TV to make the case for someone being on the ticket besides Joe Biden. Do you understand people who are paid to consult presidents 
do not get on TV and give advice or hot takes unless one of those presidents is instructing them to do so. Tell them like it is. If David Axelrod says Biden sucks, that's Obama behind the scenes saying that Biden sucks. But you dig. DeSantis, because of the bad political instincts and just the all-around arrogance that accompanied this team, he just never had a shot. He wanted to be president of Twitter, and what people don't understand is Twitter is not the real world. If the right-wing influencers on Twitter mattered outside of the phone, the Republicans would have had a red wave in the 2022 midterms. That was the going sentiment on Twitter. Oh, forget about it. Red wave. Going to be a red tsunami. Be lucky if anybody survives. It's going to be that bad. There's no, I mean, you don't understand. The red wave is coming. (laughs) No, no, I read it. I read it on Twitter. (laughs) Biden's going to lose every seat. They might not actually, they're going to lose so many seats. They're going to have to sell them just to pay for all the damage done to the Democratic brand. There'll be actual new seats created for the Republican. It's going to be that bad. (laughs) None of it happened because Twitter does not reflect the values of the real world. I'm not telling you Nikki Haley is going to be the nominee, but the fact that there's this much animosity towards her on Twitter is so disproportionate to the real world, where she's the one Republican who could win the general hands down. But Twitter it likes to use, like, she's a corporate neocon or a warmonger, globalist, you know, any term you could throw at her. And I'm not defending everything she's ever done, but that's also why DeSantis didn't have a chance. He ran to be president of Twitter. What he didn't understand is Twitter is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. And by catering to that anger, to that reductive, nuance-free analysis that is Twitter, okay, nobody gives you likes for going, yeah, maybe. That doesn't work on Twitter. The only thing that works on Twitter is extremist takes. That's why the people who are the biggest influences on Twitter always have the most extreme positions on the issues. He knows what he's talking about. It ain't because they mean it. It's because they got to say it or they're not going to get likes. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, when DeSantis launched on Twitter, I was like, man, I'm not saying it's over, but somebody's not smart. Okay, and of course it crashed horrifically. The app didn't even support the live chat. That was embarrassing. It really was. And he kind of became a little bit of a short-term laughing stock. But the day he launched, okay, from that day forward, his poll numbers only went down. Okay, so much so that when he finally pulled out of the race yesterday, there was nobody, okay, surprised by what he did. Now, here is DeSantis on Thursday of last week talking to Hugh Hewitt. Clip three. But Governor, before we go to the break, are you in through the end of March? Do you have the money and the staff and the ability to compete through the oh, end of March? Y- yes, on that, 100%. We, we can do that. So that was DeSantis Thursday. Here's DeSantis yesterday, clip one. I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. All the hype in the world. Trump ain't the guy. 
I've got enough money to run through March. Anyway, got to go. Trump's the man. I hate Nikki Haley. That's how it ended. And just embarrassing. Okay, here is DeSantis, though, most embarrassing of all. He began his campaign on a Twitter collapse. Okay, he ended it with a quote from Winston Churchill, except there's one small problem. Winston Churchill never said it. Clip two. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. This was the guy, the much-hyped culture warrior who was going to take on Mickey Mouse. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) So he launched this campaign. I'm going after Mickey. And to be honest with you, I appreciated him going after Mickey. To tell you the truth, I love everything about DeSantis as a governor. If he were the president tomorrow, I'd go to bed. He'd be a great president. He actually would be a great president. I stand by that. There's a reason more people are moving to Florida than any other state in the country, and it ain't the weather because there's plenty of places in this country that have the same weather. Okay, California has Florida weather. It's actually less humidity, and it's actually a much prettier state because of the geography. It's got big mountains. You know, California's gorgeous. Palm trees. It's got Hollywood. I love California. Oh, it's my favorite. It's all me and Lincoln ever talk about. Like, when are we going to go back to California? It's great. It's a little scary driving around town because you can't, you know, you don't walk around with your, you know, your head up. Okay. You know the old adage? When I got married to Jenny, my uncle Sonny, I'll never forget it. He's like, keep your head down, kid. You always hear that in life. But it especially applies when you're walking the sidewalks of California because you don't know what you might step in. Okay, Florida doesn't have that problem. DeSantis has been a phenomenal governor. He was a terrible candidate. This is not to disparage the man who we got a brief glimpse of on this show. Okay, he was a guy who didn't want to do media. I don't need the traditional media. I'm going to run for president. I'm Ron DeSantis. I got a historic reelection bid. I paid a bunch of right-wing influencers. They're going to make me trendy and hip and get me over the top on social media. And it never happened. And I'm just telling you, I'm not happy that he failed or that he's being mocked, but he ran into a cold, hard reality. Okay, the first one being nobody was going to beat Trump in this election cycle because the Biden presidency has made the strongest case for the Trump presidency you're ever going to watch. Nikki Haley's up against the same thing. New Hampshire is kind of a purple state. She might surprise you tomorrow, but in the long run, she's going to get her butt handed to her in South Carolina, and then it'll be a matter of whether she even decides to fly out to Nevada and lose there too. The reality is it's Trump's election to lose. We just don't know who he'll be running against. Because the Democrats desperately want Biden off the ticket. But the fact that Biden is as historically unpopular of a candidate as he is also explains why no other Republican was going to beat him besides Trump. And that's where we find ourselves now. Okay, the Democrats got Joe Biden over the top, and that was the good news in 2020. It just happens to be the bad news as we head into 2024. And Ron DeSantis, God rest his soul, the biggest, most hyped. This is the guy. This is a video game presidency. We're going to get online. We're going to whip out our Twitter joysticks. We're going to steer him all the way to the White House, boys.
show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Nikki Haley still in the race. Here she is uh, reacting to the news that DeSantis has hit the road. Clip eight. We just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. He ran a great race. Having said that, it's now one fellow and We've got two days until New Hampshire goes to the polls. And we're going to make sure that we fight all the way until the last second. And what the people of New Hampshire should know is when we win the presidency of this country, I will do everything I can to prove to you that you made the right decision. But for now, I'll leave you with this. May the best one win. Oh, that was Nikki Haley saying may the best woman win. Her way of being like, I got this. This is politics as usual. Honestly, I don't think she's got it. And I I enjoyed having her on the show. You know, I'm pretty direct with like, you know, when it comes to my analysis. I love Tim Scott. He's my favorite person in the world. Like I've met him a bunch of times on the air, off the air. He's fantastic. And I think he would have been the best thing that could have ever happened to this country if he could have been the Republican nominee because he could have forced us to have an honest conversation about race. The the one thing that really does make me sad about the fact that Trump's going to be the nominee is that the only thing they're going to run on between now and November is everybody in America is a white supremacist. Okay, that's where this is headed. Okay, you got to vote for Biden or you're a white supremacist. These guys are anti-democracy. They're going to take away women's their rights to drive, go to the library. Like, it's all Handmaid's Tale, and I'm not exaggerating. Okay, the last time Trump was elected, they immediately dressed up in Handmaid's costumes, and a million women marched on Washington. Do you remember that? Screaming and yelling, we're under attack. That was absolutely dreadful. Of course it was, and it was a complete fallacy. It was manufactured hysteria. But that's all you can really run on if your candidate has run the country into the ground. So for my money, I think you're going to see Trump. And I think you'll know that if you don't already know it now by tomorrow night and then just get prepared to be called a racist. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing on the radio. This past Saturday, I was doing it on the TV. Michael was apparently watching. He's in Dallas, Texas. Michael! Jimmy, my man, oh my gosh, the show was so amazing, so funny. Can you imagine how fantastic it will be when you figure out what you're doing? Michael taking shots at the champ. (laughs) I don't deserve this, Michael. I don't deserve this. Look, look, the mullet photo alone was worth the price of admission. (laughs) (laughs) That's a look, Michael. That's a look. They won't let me rock that around here anymore. I don't know why. I'm trying to you figure out. You need to sell the poster. You need to sell a poster. It's the, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. I'm going to work this out. Hey, 
Hey, look, but boy, were you rocking some kicks, man. Very stylish, I must say. How about it? So the, those are Doc Martin platform boots. That's what they actually are. Uh, but Holy they, cow. Yeah, they were badass. But you got to step up your game. We had the Wolf of Wall Street on. I mean, there's a real deal panel we had there. John oh, Taffer. Absolutely. Yeah. This- oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And you got Larry Kudlow in there throwing some sl- some smack on you, yeah. too. So, oh, my God. So yeah, with the expletives. He cursed at me. So the thing about that segment is, Michael... <laughs> Anybody who wants to be on that's listening, if you're listening, if you send me a video, you just me- text me, excuse me, message me on Twitter. Okay, ask a cabbie. That's what you do. Any question you want, we're putting the videos on TV. So, Michael, if you come up with a question, send it to me and we'll put it on TV. Because um, uh. what they do that I didn't know is, like, they don't. When I agreed to do this, I thought I would see the questions ahead of time, uh, but then I asked not to because it's more fun that way. So I didn't know Cudlow sure. was going to ambush me on live TV. <laughs> so it was just like at the very end, like the director in my ear is like, you got one from Larry Cudlow. I was like, wait, what? And then sure enough, Larry Cudlow taking shots at the champ on live television. But that's, you know, oh, that's part of the game. Oh, my gosh. So if that's you, so funny. But, that's uh, so funny. Yeah. So look, I know that all of us, want our radio buddy to be our new successful TV buddy. And I imagine that some folks DVR'd the show. So a recorded version of a live show has to be watched within 24 hours for it to count on the ratings. Am Yo, I right? Well, you know more about this than I do. <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe. <laughs> I Let's assume yeah. he's right. Let's assume he's right, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So, you know, watching it live is best. That's the most fun. But if you record it, you know, get those remotes clicking and watch the show. Juice these ratings. Help this man achieve even greater success. <laughs> Jenny Fela deserves it. Now, get on it, America. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> You're the best, Michael. All right, we're going we're gonna to give you a raise this week. You get extra licorice and lot lizards. It's the least we could do. Um, we love you, man. Keep playing good ball. There he goes. Uh, Michael is not wrong, though. If you haven't seen our show, and I'm going to move on because we got a radio show to do, it really is just the best thing on TV right now because it's not real. It's not political. It's really not political. Um, it's just you know these things happened in America this week, and we're going to have fun talking about them. We even had Kevin Walling on this week. Kevin Walling worked on the Biden campaign. Think about that. He was a guy who on in 2020 worked on the Biden campaign. He's hanging out with Joe Biden right now. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I mean, yeah, but we get on with him and we have a good time with him. We're not trying to be that other thing where you get on the air and we just get mad at liberals for an hour. I'm giving you the one hour where you don't have to be mad at liberals. And if you're a liberal, I'm giving you the one hour where you don't have to be mad at Republicans and you don't have to be like, oh, Fox News. You could put my show on any channel and it would crush. But the reason it's here is only Fox News had the vision to realize how much of a demand there is from regular people to hear from regular people. That's why there's so many clips of me interviewing people in my taxi. There's so many interviews where I'm out on the street talking to regular Americans. Fox News wins every single week in the ratings. Okay, not because our party is the Republican Party, but because our party is America. But as you listen to this, okay, somebody is somewhere on a Fox channel or a Fox affiliate being like this Saturday, I'll be appearing at the blah, 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 because we're out there meeting the people every damn week. Okay, we're doing each other's shows every damn day. 
Okay, you don't turn on MSNBC and see Joe Scarborough on Lawrence O'Donnell at 10 o'clock at night. That's true. That is true. But you'll see the cast of Fox and Friends on the cast of Gutfeld on a weeknight on our show. You know, you'll see that because we all mingle. We all interact with each other. We've built an on-air community that prioritizes regular people. That's why we win. That's why the show wins. That's it. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm talented. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Okay, but the fact remains, okay, everybody at Fox, when they meet you, you're like, wow, I feel like I know you because you do because we're the same people on the air that we are off the air. We don't have any other gear. So as we start to march towards the 2024 election, obviously we have DeSantis out of the race, and he is getting postmortems from other networks. I'm going to play you a clip from Joe Scarborough. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yeah, it's, listen, not easy for me either. But here is Joe Scarborough giving DeSantis analysis about Fat Elvis, clip 13. You had... Ron DeSantis saying, I'm going to go to Vegas and I'm going to fill that lane, right? Why? Why? Like, if you can't, if, if, if that lane's already filled, then do the Beatles. If you can't do the Beatles, do Dylan. If you can't do the Dylan, be fifth, fifth dimension. Be anybody, but don't try to be Fat Elvis. They got that. On the strip. A lot of it. They got a lot of it, <laughs> right? I mean, what does that even mean? Do you speak any English? Because it wasn't English. You got DeSantis saying, I'm going to Vegas, and I'm going to fill that lane, right? Like, why? If you can't, the lane's been filled. Do the Beatles. If you can't do the Beatles, do Dylan. If you can't do the Dylan, be the fifth dimension. But don't try to be Fat Elvis. What does that even mean? Ron DeSantis, what does it even mean? Oh, oh, I get it. It means that Joe Scarborough is a pandering idiot. Makes more sense now. Sometimes they just throw out big emotionalist analogies because what you realize, like Joe Scarborough, we have like a lot of mutual friends. He hates himself with all the fiber in his being, almost as much as Joy Reid hates herself. But Joy Reid really, really hates herself, like to the point that it's unhealthy that she hates herself to the point that she does. But that is the M.O. Every single day, she's going to get on TV and tell you somebody's a racist because she hates herself. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. We'll play you clips later from her talking to Moms for Liberty. And she's trying to put Moms for Liberty on the spot for wanting to ban a book I can't even use the language. (laughs) A book that has such explicit and graphic sexual detail that I can't say it to you on broadcast radio. Yet Joy Reid tries to make the case that this book should be okay in kindergarten classes. Imagine. But Joe Scarborough, when he gets on the air, no different than Joy Reid, as a self-hater, their entire audience consists of self-hating white people who need the moral superiority of being told, well, you know better than these white Trump people. At least you're not a racist like them. You're not some loser in the flyover states. That's all they've got. That's the whole show every day. Okay, to the point that on Bill Maher over the weekend, okay, Ari Melber got called out by Andrew Sullivan saying the entire network was all propaganda all the time. Here it is, clip 15. He is the one banking on a cynicism, an attack on democracy, and a complete rejection of the policy democracy that you want because they didn't even have a platform. 
So he's saying it's just me. You don't even know what I'm. You don't even know what I'm going to do. Just vote for me. No platform, and you've got a whole Republican Party that's basically codifying that. You so, know what would be good at MSNBC is if you actually did think about both sides and weighed the arguments and made constructive arguments against that side while respecting them. You don't do that. It's propaganda just, all the what time. What you just said described. What you just said just described my show. It's like I had a Trump lawyer on this week. I've had Steve Bannon on my show. I've had I uh, watch Trump MSNBC. White House officials. I watch MSNBC. Right. So, so I, and the both you sides describing the goal that I'm achieving. I take that as a compliment. Well, in your mind. <laughs> I take that in a compliment in your mind. Okay, understand, all they're doing on any of these shows is telling you why the Trump supporters are the worst people who ever lived. Do you remember last week when I was playing you all the clips of them comparing Trump supporters to Hitler when Joe Scarborough said to Iowa voters, they want candidates who rape people. They want candidates who delegitimize elections. No, no, what Iowa voters want is a secure border. And an America first agenda that lowers crime and improves the quality of schools for their kids. They want domestic energy independence so we don't enrich dictators around the world and underwrite their wars that we wind up subsidizing or financing the defense of. Okay, Putin can afford to invade Ukraine because of our domestic energy policy that's enriched him. Ergo, we got Putin richer and now we have to pay for Ukraine's defense against Putin. Iran can only subsidize Hamas, to lesser extent Hezbollah and the Houthis, because of our domestic energy policy, which took to Iran's energy reserves from $4 billion to $71 billion since Joe Biden took office. Now we're sending money over to Israel, as we rightfully should, but defending an attack that we, for all intents and purposes, made possible. Okay, no different than the fact that every Democrat that tells you the Trump voters are going to ban democracy. Okay, that's the liberal position. You got to vote Democrat because they're going to ban democracy. Okay, they want to underline democracy. We won't even have democracy. Here's Maggie Hassan, Democrat from New Hampshire, saying on Meet the Press, GOP candidates are going to roll the country backwards and undermine democracy. Here it is, clip 10. Trump is very likely to win the nomination from everything we're seeing, but I think people need to be really clear here, regardless of which Republican wins the nomination, whether it is Haley or DeSantis or Trump. Uh, they are all uh, committed to rolling this country backwards, to undermining democracies. Oh, goodness gracious. Just such a... Shut up, fool! Okay, if you're really concerned about undermining democracy, just really think about this. Maggie Hassan supports Biden's energy platform, which is outsourcing our energy production to Venezuela, where they don't have elections. Oh, Think about that. So we're now importing energy from Venezuela, a country that produces it 42 percent filthier than we do. Okay, in the name of helping the environment, we're now getting our oil produced in a filthier manner. And then we're using additional oil just to get it back into the country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's who these people are. Oh, Trump, it would undermine democracy. Our entire green energy platform is a sellout to our biggest geopolitical foe in the world, China, who, oh, by the way, has a man who declared himself president for life. Does that sound like a democracy? The answer would be no. Never mind that all the rare earth minerals that are used to create the batteries that we use in electric vehicles... 96% of them are owned by China. Never mind that child slave labor is what's mining these minerals in Africa. Okay, and understand when the kids are done mining the minerals for the slave labor, 
and then China makes all of its money off the battery production, and then we ship that 14-ton thing over to America, what do we actually plug it into? We plug it into the power grid. Correct mundo. Meaning those electric cars are ultimately powered by the same fossil fuels your car is. So at the end of the day, we're not actually improving the quality of anything when it comes to the environment, but we're strengthening every one of our enemies. People with common sense who might not like Donald Trump's tweets realize a policy that puts the country first is a lot better for them, regardless of what they think of Trump's character. And that's why you find yourself in the position that you're in right now, where you are about to be besieged, besieged by attacks on your character. Politicians used to run on ideas. Ronald Reagan was going to make America the shining city on the hill. And I know it's racist to say make America great again. That's what the Democrats want you to believe. When was it okay to say America was great again? Was it back when we had slave stuff going on? That's what Hillary said about make America great again. This is not okay. Weird, because she didn't have an issue with the slogan when this guy was saying it. I believe that together we can make America great again. Hey, now, wait a minute. Hold ho! What's going on here? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody's completely full of You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you know me, there's nothing I enjoy more than NFL football in terms of recreational pursuits. Uh, I spent most of my 20s paying and not paying my rent based on how my gambling worked out as it pertains to NFL football. People always ask, how do you become a cab driver? Well, it's actually pretty easy. you got to knock up your wife without health insurance and owe a bookie $35,000. That's the first. I found that was the easiest way to get started uh, in my personal experience. But anyway, as is, I am here on the radio, and I am now very much a civilian. I don't gamble on this stuff nearly the way I do. I mean, when I was, believe me, when I was in my, whew, my 20s, like I was betting life-changing amounts of money. Like, you know, this game loses. I'm going to be powdering my Adam's apple and throwing on a blonde wig to make the money back. What the hell did you just say? I said the truth. Uh, but as we sit here right now, going into championship weekend in the NFL, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, a three-point favorite over Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. Really interesting matchup last night because, to be honest with you, the Bills weren't winning that game. Whether they hit the field goal or not, Kansas City's offense was doing whatever the hell they wanted. They only got a touchback that would have put them down, I guess, 14 or whatever the hell it was because of that weird fumble that occurred outside of the end zone, into the end zone anyway. So I didn't see the Chiefs winning that game anyway. I know a lot of people want to come down on the Bills kicker, but essentially it would have been the defense to blame instead of the kicker if it went any other way. But you got Kansas City and the Ravens. off the top of my head, Josh and Mikey, can we talk about this quick? We have a minute and a half. We can revisit these picks on Friday, but what's your Monday pick? Do you guys like Baltimore or do you like the Chiefs, Josh? I, I like the Chiefs. The experience, yeah. you know, I know it's going to be a loud stadium, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I got I to go Chiefs. And the Texans aren't the Bills, and beating the Texans at home is not beating the Bills in Buffalo, no, right? not at all. Mikey, do you care to differ? 
Yeah, you know, I think I am going to go with the Ravens here. Whoa, you yeah. like Lamar. I think it's Lamar's time. Because he, he, he beat up that, that storied, notorious Texan defense. Well, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Spagnuolo's defense playing pretty well. No, it, listen, yeah. and it could, be, it could be his time. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a good story. They're a good team. And you know how much Jenny likes the Harbaugh family. So, uh, no, kid. <laughs> uh, 49ers are seven over the Lions. Does Diamond Dave Landau get to the Super Bowl, or is Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey crushing that dream, Josh? I mean, I, I think the Lions' only way to win this is exactly what happened last championship game. If Brock Hurdy cannot go and, and you're turning <laughs> yeah, to the third quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, so that's if McCaffrey is not quarterbacking, the Lions don't have yeah, a that's, chance. That's about the only way into this. Mike, are you yeah. riding with Josh on this one? San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I, think, yep. I think the home teams are the play. We can revisit this on Friday on the off chance that any new you know, information emerges. Something like that, but I think the home teams are probably the play in both of these games. But we'll get into that and hard-hitting journalism similar to it in the next hour because Sean Duffy, cable news super hunk, is stopping by to set the table for Tommy Lahren, who at one point was, you know, I would say pretty far into the tank for Ron DeSantis. I, I love Tommy. We get on well. But I think she was Team DeSantis for a little while there. Uh, I don't know where she finds herself now. But I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say she is not pivoting to Joe Biden. Biden sucks. He's just disaster. Uh, we'll get into all of that, and we will salute a Democrat uh, at the top of the next hour. That's a thing we're going to do right here on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it ever? We are fired up over here to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Sean Duffy, cable news super hunk, former Wisconsin congressman, stops by to help me praise a member of the Democratic Party. What the hell did you just say? Listen, man, my team is America, and if anybody wants to do right by America, we ought to be cheering them on. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is, uh, we are seemingly going to hell in a handbasket, is the old expression. Uh, but there is a senator in Pennsylvania who we made fun of quite a bit over the years uh, by the name of John Fetterman. Uh, if you remember... He ran in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. Trump endorsed Dr. Oz. We were told Dr. Oz would be the next senator from Pennsylvania. Not even close! John Fetterman wound up winning that Senate race, and since doing so, has taken a lot of positions that are truly America first positions. That doesn't mean I love everything John Fetterman does. It doesn't mean I'm a rhino. Oh, look at Jimmy. He's a dim now. I can't, that's why I can't listen to Fox. These guys, no. John Fetterman, to his credit, okay, stood with Israel when half of his party was cheering on Hamas, the AOCs of the world. AOC is a dope. And was like, no, we should be unilaterally supporting Israel and doing everything we can to bring home our hostages. And he defied his party, many of whom have been cheering on Hamas because they see the world through the lens of identity politics where skin color determines right and wrong. Well, Hamas has the darker skin. They must be the good guys because the lighter skin Israelis. And- it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Hamas is a bunch of terrorists. Israel doesn't have an Islamophobia problem. They have a terrorism problem. Okay, they have two million Muslims living in Israel. They've never once tried to kill them. That's true. That is true. So when you understand they're not going into Gaza 
because they're mad at Muslims, they're going into Gaza because they're mad at terrorists. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. To Fetterman's credit, he resisted the political pressure campaign to say, hey, Israel's doing bad, and he stood his ground. And now when it comes to the border, here is Fetterman telling Jake Tapper, okay, over on CNN, that it shouldn't be controversial to support a secure border. I admire your honesty. And to be clear, okay, the border is wide open. I know Secretary Mayorkas and Kamala, the Democrats, have told us it's secure. Democrats are so full of crap. Here is Joe Biden accidentally admitting that the border has been open, according to him, for the past 10 years, which is obviously not true because the Trumpster cut illegal border crossings by 80%. And Biden promptly got into office and undid every one of Trump's border policies. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But he did it. Why? Because the Democrats sold border security as some type of a racism. Never forget that Kamala said the ICE agents that deport the gang members and the violent criminals were the same thing as the KKK. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact-checked. True story. Okay, but understand that was the Democrat position because it became a viable political lane. Okay, every political party voted for border wall funding when they were in power. They voted for it under George W. Bush, and the Democrats voted for it under Barack Obama. Both parties wanted a wall at the border. Both parties. Okay, this is real. When Trump ran for office on build a wall because he said so in less than elegant terms, The Democrats are like, whoa, we've got an opening here. Let's call it racist to secure the southern border. Look at how he said it. This is politics as usual. Of course it is. And that's what they did. Okay, they made border security a debate on racism. So much so that if you remember, they went down to the southern border because of what they claimed were kids in cages. And AOC staged a photo app in a white pantsuit where she cried outside the cages. Now, they were migrant detention facilities, and oh, by the way, they weren't built under Donald Trump. They were built under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. We know that. Why? Because when the New York Times tried to slander Trump by posting pictures of the kids in cages, they get called out by the Associated Press for using a photo in their ad That was from 2014 under Barack Obama. (laughs) It's just the funniest thing in the world. Never mind that the kids are only being separated from their parents because we don't know that they're traveling with their parents. You see, when it comes to border crossings, okay, 90% of asylum cases get granted if the people are traveling with a minor. So what the cartels and the human traffickers were starting to do was take minors with them. And the reason we started to separate them under George W. Bush and again under Barack Obama is we needed to make sure that these weren't human traffickers and drug smugglers that were exploiting small children as a means of getting into the country. Now, the good news is we have kind of put an end to that practice because now every single migrant shows up and it's an unaccompanied working age male, okay, military age male. It's like 90 percent of the people getting apprehended at the border right now are men. They're not people fleeing oppression. They're not family looking for a better life because if you're fleeing oppression or you're looking for a better life, you bring your family with you. Bingo.
Okay, if it's we're not safe in this town, the cartel violas, the corrupt politicians, okay, we can't even walk down the street. You don't say to your family, all right, I'll be right back in a few years. You take them with you. Okay, but getting past that for a second, the reason we were separating people at the border was to make sure that the kids were with somebody they needed to be with, that they were safe with. 30% of the women who cross the border illegally get sexually assaulted. Every girl crossing the border in specific sectors over the age of 10 is being given a pregnancy test because of how they're treated by the people that are exploiting our southern border. Think of how barbaric and disgusting that is. The border is a humanitarian crisis. It's led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. When fentanyl kills a kid who's in college who takes one Adderall because they want to write a term paper, it doesn't get into the kid's bloodstream and go, now listen, before we kill this kid, do we know if his parents were Republican or Democrat? No. The fentanyl has no idea who you voted for, has no idea who your parents voted for. It's just toxic and it kills you. Okay, this is happening in record numbers because of the poorest southern border. The idea that there's anybody out there opposing the security of the border means whether they realize it or not, they are enabling more of these poisoning deaths. They are enabling more of these human rights abuses that are taking place at the hands of the drug traffickers, the coyotes and the cartels. Okay, so anybody who wants to secure the border is a good guy, including John Fetterman. Here's his take, clip 17. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race that I'm very much a, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my my wife's family, I, that's the uh, Oregon story about that. Uh, and I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. Thank you. And you know what? Fetterman, for real, a Democrat. OK, round of applause. Guys, we need more Democrats that see it Fetterman's way because it's for the good of the country. Like, I'm not going to spend between now and November trying to win the election for the Republican Party. I'm going to champion any lawmaker who wants to use their position of influence to protect American interests. A secure border is in the interest of every single American. Okay, the border policies that were in place when Biden took over had cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. Why? Because the Remain in Mexico policy meant people seeking asylum would be forced to remain in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. Why is that significant? Because the cartels couldn't guarantee them safe passage into our country, whether they were apprehended at the border or not. Under the current policy, because the Democrats decried border security as racist, the Biden administration did away with remain in Mexico. So people aren't sneaking across our border anymore in hopes of not getting caught. They're crossing our border and they're heading to the nearest border agent they can find because they know the second they get apprehended, they'll be processed and let loose in our country. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. And it really is America last because it means your citizenship means nothing. But when the message to people coming to our southern border is, hey, if you get caught, we'll let you right in and ship you to the city of your choice. That's not don't come. That's, yeah, you'll be fine. Just come on down. Do you understand the people who are trying to migrate to this country legally, legally, okay, are waiting nine years to get their applications granted one way or the other. And Biden has just added eight million people to that line. 
So when they tell you we've got a broken immigration system, we've got a logjam, they're the ones who added 8 million people to the line. Okay, Remain in Mexico stopped the line from growing. You weren't getting into this country unless you had legal grounds to be here. Or, yeah, you might have snuck past in one of our unprotected sectors along the border where some people want to build more border wall. Okay, and by some people, I mean a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats. But you understand they want to run on issues a lot more than they want to solve them. And the politics are always a lot more important than the people. So the Democrats decried border security as racist. They did away with Remain in Mexico. They did away with Title 42, fought all the way to the Supreme Court to get rid of a COVID-era screening practice that would allow us to deny people entrance into our country if they were coming here illegally because we couldn't screen them for COVID. So at a time when you couldn't, okay, board a plane without a mask, you couldn't go to work without a vaccine, you couldn't go to church because it was closed or your kid was being denied in-person education, as a lot of kids were over a year after the pandemic ended. We were still leaving, letting people right into the country with no COVID screening whatsoever. Does that sound like the American citizen is the priority? The answer would be no. No, and neither was the pandemic. When there are exceptions, okay, to public health initiatives, when there are double standards for public health initiatives, there are no standards whatsoever. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, if COVID is bad for me going to church, it's bad for you crossing the border. If COVID's bad for Lincoln going to school, it's bad for you crossing the border. You dig? Yet they let 8 million people in while they were enforcing COVID restrictions on the rest of us. Okay, the 8 million people coming in may very well be looking for a better life, and I don't doubt the vast, vast, vast majority of them are. But that doesn't change the fact by having a porous open border, we've identified at a minimum over 300 members of the terror watch list. The terror watch list, meaning people who can't board planes, meaning people the feds are trying to find actively because they represent a threat to us or our interests. Okay, this number of people on the terror watch list that we know of have already been apprehended at the border. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. And you go, what's the big deal, Jimmy? We got them. Maha. Ha-ha! Take that, Fox News! I just outsmarted the guy on the radio. See, honey? These Republicans, they're all so full of Yeah, the problem is, we've had 8 million people come to the southern border that we know of. We've had 2 million people got away. That we know of. If you got 300 people on the terror watch list, by basic math, percentage-wise, okay, That means you're looking at at least a minimum of 50 or 60 people floating around this country. We don't know where they are who want to blow us up. It's a problem. It's worth paying attention to. But here is Biden over the weekend asked about a secure border. It's not the best audio quality. This was at the White House Friday. Okay, Biden was leaving for another retreat and he spoke to reporters. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Here he is saying, no, the border's not secure. Clip 16. Are you okay that the border is secure, sir? No, it's not. I haven't believed it for the last 10 years. But I've said it for the last 10 years. Do you believe your policies have enabled any of this crisis in the border that you're grappling with now? I've asked for thousands for It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. So basically, that's Biden. I know you couldn't hear it over the band and the helicopters and everything else.
But they said, do you believe the border is secure, sir? He said, no, it's not. Wait, 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 whoa, wait, what? Secretary Mayorkas told us the border was closed. (laughs) Kamala Harris told us the border was closed. (laughs) Kirby got up there and said the border was closed. (laughs) KJP. (laughs) Now, Biden just admitted what we all knew to be true. The border's not closed. But he said, no, it's not secure. I haven't believed it for the last 10 years. Why does the 10 years matter? Because that's him saying Trump didn't have it under control either. No, I haven't believed it for 10 years. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wrong. Okay, I don't care if you like Trump. It's not my job. Okay, but Trump actually did secure the southern border. doesn't mean people didn't get in. Okay, from time to time they could. People sneaking past the border is not the same as 8 million people voluntarily surrendering at our border and being let into the country. Overwhelming our border patrol and turning them from criminal chasers and pursuers to human resources representatives at the southern border is a detriment to the safety of every single American in this country. But why didn't what did Biden say? No, I haven't believed it for 10 years. Give me the money. I just want the money. Okay, because he says we need to spend more money to secure the southern border. Now, the truth is he himself authorized money being spent to destroy the materials used for the remainder of the border wall. Now, if the border wall, okay, okay, at a time when we're being told the border's not secure, if the border wall was worth paying money to destroy, then it means somebody was lying to us at some point. And they're only pivoting to some semblance of the truth because they've turned our entire border policy into a circus. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Sean Duffy coming up in the next break. His opening act is down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Juan is on the line. Juan! Hey, Jimmy, how are you? I talked to you last week. Congratulating on your debut of your show, which is awesome. And this week was just even better, brother. Whoa! That's big talk. I will tell Emily Campagno you said the show was better without her. (laughs) I feel like I hit the trifecta. You know, I, I hear your radio show every day. Now I watch your show on Saturday night, and I'm waiting for your book. I, can't, I hit the trifecta, brother. Wow, yeah. I hope you don't get sick of me. That's a lot of Jimmy Fallon time. Oh, no. <laughs> it's funny. Well, listen, you were on the topic about uh, yep. illegal immigration. Uh, my parents came to this country when I was eight years old. My dad was a political prisoner in mm-hmm. Cuba. Oh, wow. And um, they released him. He was not even in politics, but his brother was part of the Batista regime. And when Fidel Castro overthrew the government, well— Name association. They dragged him. I remember when they dragged him out of the house. I remember hearing firing squads outside my window. Make a long story short, they finally released him after six months. They took our house, our car, everything. And then my parents applied for a visa through the Catholic Archdiocese in Miami. And after a year and a half of waiting, we were able to come to the United States. I don't know if you remember seeing Scarface, the movie, Uh those people under the bridge. That was exaggerated for Hollywood, but the the U.S. government has set up similar facilities with behind Miami International Airport. So I was there for three days, and then my father and mother, they worked in factories, and we moved to North Carolina. Make a long story short, I went to school on a scholarship in college, and I went to internship, med school, everything in the United States Army. So I retired. I spent 12 years in the U.S. Army, got the chance to serve my country. That's as well incredible. As my all and then went into all I want to say, I'm not cutting you off, but the commercial's about to cut me off, is that you would essentially encourage people to come here legally, yes or no? 
Exactly. Spot on, Juan, and I, I didn't cut you off. That's an incredible story. We're on our way to a commercial break. Now Juan's going to kick my ass. Way to go, advertisers. Got a funny one here from Charlemagne the God on Fox Across America. He uh, was speaking to Fox News Digital about the border crisis and had the following to say about the effect it's having on working class people. Clip 19. Like, I honestly have never spoken to as many people who are concerned about the migrant issue as I have, you know, over the past year, they took 2,000 migrants and, and, and put them in the school and made the school stay home, made the, the students stay home and, 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 and uh, you know, do school via, via, via Zoom. And that was a big issue. I've never seen, you know, working class people who I interact with every day until this past year really, really, really express their frustration. I mean, that's Charlemagne, morning radio host uh, here in New York who has gotten some very interesting takes out of Democrats over the years. If you remember, his was the show where Hillary claimed to carry hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. If you remember, it's also the show where Kamala flipped out because he asked her who was really in charge of the White House because he contended that Biden couldn't be running things. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And now, I don't know why he'd think Biden wasn't running things. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. I mean, this is a very sharp guy in Joe Biden. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, Sharp as a tack. Well, anyway, Charlemagne, to his credit, he is not pro-Fox. He is certainly not pro-Republican Party. Uh, and I so I want to always issue that caveat because, you know, on the right, you have a way of running a quote from somebody who might agree with your way of doing things, but I don't want to be responsible or I don't want it to be conflated with me wanting you to think Charlemagne is now somehow a Republican. He is not. He is just attuned to the way liberal policies are failing the inner cities in this country. Okay, defund the police is a good example of that. That didn't help black America. The murder rates through the roof. Okay, and every one of the liberal politicians pushing to defund the police kept police protection for themselves. Okay, I've played you this clip before, but Cori Bush is the biggest defund the police advocate we know of in this country. Okay, was caught spending over a quarter of a million dollars on police for herself. But to take it a step further, she actually married a cop after all of that. Now, again, after 10 years of marriage, this might be considered anti-cop behavior by her. But at the time, so far as we know, the guy was on board with marrying her. And when she got called out, for having police protection, despite the fact that she wanted to take it away from you, she thought that wasn't a bad look. She thought, of course, why wouldn't you want her to have it and not you? I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life, and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up, and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. <laughs> Defund the. I know you caught me. 
saying no police for you, but a lot of police for me. But defund the police has to happen because we're trying to save lives. Now, I'm counting on the police to save my life, but they've got to go away for everybody else. That's why I was caught. I wasn't really caught, you see. Police are good if I have them. They're just bad if you have them. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. If you could guess what 80s movie that's from, by the way, you have, like, mythical status in the Fela house. Lincoln and I... There's a cult classic 80s movie. Uh, it was filmed in Ogden, Utah. If you can figure out what movie, what, what Ogden, Ogden, Utah High School is where it was filmed, if you could figure out what movie, you'd be a big deal in our family because me and Lincoln love that film, and we're probably the only people we know of who do. Uh, but when it comes to the hypocrisy in the Democratic Party, Charlemagne is a guy that's starting to call it out. Ice Cube, OJ, uh, O'Shea Jackson, founding member of NWA, Okay, Meek Mill, big rapper, a lot of, okay, prominent members of pop culture speaking out against Democratic policies because they realize that the Democrats don't want to solve problems. They want to run on them. They love the idea of saying things are bad in the black community. Republicans are white supremacists. You got to elect us so we can improve things in the black community. But between Obama and Biden... Has anything improved in the black community? The answer would be no. Crime is higher. Black unemployment went up under Barack Obama. Okay, you understand schools in the inner cities have completely collapsed under Joe Biden because the teachers union, not the rank and file teachers who love to teach and want to help kids, but a lot of the executives who wanted to get day drunk in their pajamas, rosé all day, exploited the COVID pandemic to keep some kids out of school for two full years. I love the poorly educated. I don't doubt that you do. But now when it comes to this border policy, this border policy of letting anyone in who wants to come in and relocating people to sanctuary cities. Now, the sanctuary cities, to be clear, didn't want to take in any migrants. They just wanted the street cred of saying we're a sanctuary city. No human beings illegal. We should be building bridges, not walls. That's what they wanted to do here. Okay, but they were unable to do it. Okay, because we got so many people across the southern border that after taking in the first seven million people all on their own, Texas got tired of shouldering the burden and started shipping them to sanctuary cities. Of course, when the migrants showed up to the sanctuary cities, do you remember this? We should be building bridges, not walls. No human being is illegal. Fine. Here's a bunch of migrants. Buenos dias. Except they didn't say Buenos Dias. They said, get him out of here. Get him out. Charlemagne is starting to see how there was such a fraud, such a misrepresentation when it comes to how these cities posture on behalf of their inhabitants, but do nothing to prioritize them. Yes, the Democrats, to their credit, okay, are trying to kick out the migrants. Which, again, no ill will towards the migrants, but we shouldn't be letting 8 million people cross our border illegally. But the idea that the Democrats pretended they wanted them in the first place, they did it under Trump because they knew they were never going to have to take any migrants. When one guy is cutting illegal border crossings by 80 percent, it's real easy to say, I'll take them because there's none to take. But now that they're showing up to their cities, they're freaking out. And, yes, they should be freaking out because their infrastructure, as Charlemagne rightly said, is being overwhelmed. Kids are losing an education. American citizens are losing an education. 
inner city kids, the same black kids the Democrats will tell you they care about. No, you don't understand. The Republicans are a bunch of racists. So vote for us, the ones who take cops away from black people and throw their kids out of school. That's the joke here. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have a quick hit. We have a guest so big, we changed the configuration of our rundown we could accommodate this man's TV schedule. Uh, he is a cable news super hunk, probably my only real friend here at Fox News. I hate everybody, quietly, but I love Sean Duffy, and he joins us now. Hey, man. Hey, man. How are you doing? We... You're like, I love you. Like, Hey, we have limited time. Yo, don't go over, Duffy. I'm not, no, I'm not even kidding. It wasn't for you. It was for them because people get excited. I tell the, the kids Duffy's coming. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, Radio Santa. This is a big deal. Uh, but they don't understand. Santa has a lot of houses to get to. You know what I'm saying? And he... And, and he does. And, you know, I got to tell you, you yeah, so I listened to the commercial ads. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, your show on Saturday night. And since this point, I'll shoot the star, Jimmy. No one can catch it. The most popular guy, funniest guy in the building. And I was like, Jimmy, hey, Jim. Like, the, you know, the, you know the, 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 the most popular kid in mm-hmm. high school. That's Jimmy Fela. <laughs> oh, and talks. Shawnee. He can't walk anywhere without getting love. No, it's a big deal. But it's also because there's a, a lot of overlap between talent, the fact that I have dirt on a lot of people, and I sell some of them whippets, you know, for their for their weekend parties. You know, it's I. you see, I just have coverage. It's not that I'm as beloved as you think. It's just I've managed to infiltrate a lot of different circles. You see what I'm saying? Oh, no. Did we lose Duffy in our truncated hit? There you are. What happened? What's going on with that phone? Because you listen, I think I think your producers are trying to cut me out because I was like, there's a lot of love and overlap, but the the one place there has not been overlap is Sean Duffy on your show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, my show is. First of all, let's start here, Candy Pants. Okay, my show is two (laughs) weeks old. It's two weeks old. You you know what's sitting on my book right now? I got a limited, limited because my book comes out January 30th, but I just got the first hard copies of the book in my office. And I had an autographed copy of the book sitting here in my studio, ready to go. So when I, I thought I was going to see you in person this morning, and uh, I meant to give it to you, I will drop it off at your audience at, at your office later. You're on the inside, Duffy. Well, I appreciate that because I saw those. I saw the covers, on- mm-hmm. and I know how hard you worked to write it. No one wrote it, but Jimmy Fallon, funny. Yeah. Oh, they'll know uh, and awesome. So I can't. I can't wait to read it. No, Those no, and, are coming out. And you will know within two paragraphs that no one wrote it but me. <laughs> That's the good news and the bad news. Uh, really quick, we have a minute for the American people right now. We're going to be up against a hard out commercial wise. Uh, New Hampshire primary. All I want to know is: Does the race end tomorrow in the Republican Party? It does because even if Nikki Haley does well, mm-hmm. um, she's going to run into a buzzsaw. In her home state of South Carolina. Yep. Moderates like her. Yep. Democrats like her, but conservatives do not. Yeah. Yep. And the phone went south for the winner. But you heard everything you needed to know. We love Sean Duffy. Uh, we will have him back on this show again real soon. I got I got to get the guy better Wi-Fi before we start booking him on a Saturday night. But I kid. We love Sean Duffy. And, Sean, if you can hear me, we're going to commercial. I'll drop the book off at your office. But everything you needed to know, okay, is tomorrow night Nikki Haley may overachieve and surprise you 
But sadly, it's the only state she can point to where victory is even remotely an option, at which point uh, we can wrap this thing up and start focusing on the general. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. What do you mean? Sean Duffy, we'll be back with him in a second, but here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Radio. Live radio. Okay, Haley will ultimately find herself... I don't know that she's going to endorse Trump. There was talk about maybe doing like a third party run. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But the truth is there's such a massive disdain, such a massive disdain uh, for both parties right now that if ever there was a year where a third party was going to put a dent in things, this would be the year. Like technically speaking, RFK is making a third party run right now. But RFK Uh, you know, may very well cut into Biden's support, the Kennedy name obviously being so iconic in the Democratic Party. But he has also curried a lot of favor online with anti-establishment people who hate the vaccine. You know, the only problem is Trump created the vaccine that everybody hates in the Republican Party. You know, Trump put a medal on the chest of Anthony Fauci, the guy that everybody hates in the Republican Party. If you ask the average Republican about Fauci, he should be behind bars. But here's a newsflash. Okay, if the Republicans start bashing Fauci during the general election, what is every Democrat going to do? They're going to post the video of Trump pinning a medal on Fauci's chest, which did happen. Uh, RFK will probably take a similar approach. Okay, and that's the reality of where we find ourselves. This is a real ugly general election, whether it's Trump versus Biden, whether they pull Biden for Gavin Newsom. There's not a Democratic policy to hang your hat on. Like if you start talking to me about the climate, nobody cares about the climate. Okay, if people cared about the climate, they wouldn't have passed the biggest climate bill in the history of our country under a different name. Okay, the Democrats love to get on TV and say they passed the biggest climate bill in history. Okay, what was it called? Well, the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. They used inflation reduction as a justification to spend money on climate change. At a time when we're $33 trillion in debt, they're like, I've got it. We'll spend more money on climate change and call it inflation reduction. That is financial lunacy. That's what they did, and that's why the Democrats have been so disastrous for the country as a whole. So there is a lane out there for a third party. I don't see it as Nikki Haley because anyone going third party as a major candidate has essentially lost any future they might have within their current party. And RFK did that because he has no place in the Democratic Party, RFK Jr. Okay, they denied him the right to primary Joe Biden as a Democrat, just the same as Dean Phillips, Marianne Williamson, who is a total moonbat. I did Gutfeld with her, straight moonbat. Google the fights we had on Gutfeld. I don't ever, ever. Uh, get into it with people, okay, when it comes to, you know, like we're on late-night comedy shows. But on Gutfeld, we were discussing masking children, which is flat-out child abuse. And uh, her and I had a pretty interesting back and forth. If you haven't seen it, go find it online, Jimmy Fallon, Marianne Williamson. Anyway, okay, Williamson has no place in the actual Democratic Party. She's a member of the Oprah Book Club that decided she'd take her dream catcher and try to race for the White House with it. Okay, RFK Jr. has no place in the Democratic Party because he wants to tell the truth on a lot of the big entanglements this government has gotten us into. So what the Democrats did on their side of town is they reconfigured the nominating process. South Carolina being an overwhelmingly black electorate, James Clyburn having so much sway over who the black community votes for in that state, 
they reconfigured the primary and canceled Iowa's first-in-the-nation status as a caucus, canceled New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation status as a primary, and started their whole process with a winnable state in South Carolina. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They were trying to create the perception that Biden was popular and on good ground with Democratic voters. So they got rid of the early states he would lose and fix the game. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Really desperate. So you understand, if he remains on the ticket, which I don't believe he will, I believe he'll be off in, Ju- in June. Okay, but if he, belie- if he remains on the ticket and Trump is, in fact, the Republican nominee, there will be a huge opening for someone to run third party. Huge. I don't mean it's going to win it. It probably means that they'll throw to the election to either Trump or Biden, depending on who they take the most support from. That's the reality. Haley, interesting. I don't she's not going third party. I don't believe that. But she does appeal to both parties. And that's the reason she would be so lethal in the general. So if you were just sitting around going, God, I want to get the Democrats out of power. Nikki Haley is actually the best person you could have on the ticket. That's true. That is true. But this isn't about getting Democrats out of power. It's personal now. Our elections are in a very bitter and divisive place where a lot of people who didn't trust the integrity of the 2020 election, who've seen the Justice Department weaponized against Trump, who've seen him attacked in an unprecedented manner, who just the same know that he's not a choir boy and has done a lot of bad things himself. Okay, but they do believe his policies are better for the country. And they do believe they have been uniquely attacked in the town square for supporting him in a way that previous generations of political supporters were immune from. Okay, the mafia had rules. You don't go against women and go after women and children. Okay, politics had that same rule. You don't go after the voters. You could dislike the candidate. You could tell us he was dangerous, he was a bad guy, but you don't go after his voters because you're going to need him in future elections. Well, the gloves are off, okay, when it comes to the way we do politics now because the Democrats, starting with Hillary Clinton, made it a practice to go after the voters. Nah, they're deplorable. They're garbage. They're white trash. Bunch of squirrel breaths. Let's go right after the voters. Biden called them semi-fascists. Said it was a battle for the soul of our nation. It's Jim Crow on steroids. They went after the voters. But now the voters are going after them. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, featuring one of my buddies, Tommy Laren, who was all the way in for Ron DeSantis. Like most people, Tommy will obviously take the Republican nominee over Joe Biden or anybody else they might trot out in the general election. But she'll join me to do a postmortem on DeSantis first, because the truth is it is a monumental day in our politics. As this time a year ago, Ron DeSantis was the favorite to be the next president of the United States. Wrong. He was polling neck and neck with Trump coming off a historic reelection, expanding GOP majorities in ways we had never seen for a governor in Florida. He took a purple state and made it solid red. And along the way, won counties no Republican had won and took support from the Latino community 
directly away from the Democrats. DeSantis came into this with an awful lot of momentum. Uh, did he sustain that momentum? The answer would be no. No. 888-788-9910 if you want to chime in in this hour. And uh, we are going to keep the mood light. Why? Because this election is about to get really ugly. For all intents and purposes, Trump will have sewn up the nomination tomorrow after he wins in New Hampshire. Okay, at which point this will descend into who can find the most creative way to call Republicans white supremacists? Who can find the most creative way to say they're going to ban democracy? Let me give you some of this because this is fascinating. Okay, it starts with Andrew Kinzinger. Remember that dirtbag, former Republican from Illinois, got laughed out of Congress. He joined the January 6th posse. Oh, now to be clear, on this show, we think January 6th is bad. Now, to our credit, we've been condemning political violence long before it became fashionable, meaning January 6th, bad as it was, sadly, didn't crack the top 25 most violent days in America during the summer of 2020. Okay, obviously it happened in January of 2021. That being said, everybody in the Democratic Party turned a blind eye towards the BLM riots that caused $10 billion worth of property damage and killed over 42 people. The only person who died on January 6th was an unarmed Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt. That's not ideal. One death is too many. But the Democrats have tried to repurpose January 6th into a white supremacist attempt to overthrow our government. And I got to be honest, it wasn't that. That is correct. Okay, it was bad. It was unruly. It was unprecedented at the Capitol in this generation, not at the Capitol as a whole. We've had people blow up bombs at the Capitol, people shot at the Capitol. I'm not saying we should aim for that. But I'm just telling you, they tried to repurpose what January 6th meant because they wanted to use it to basically drag down everybody who had ever voted for Republican in this world and shame them into never doing so again. That was the January 6th post-production effort. In real time, this is bad. This is violent. It's not good. We came to find out there were probably a bunch of feds involved, and that's another debate for another time. But it doesn't excuse what happened on January 6th, something that was completely avoidable if Trump didn't give a speech down the block called Stop the Steel Rally. That doesn't mean he incited the violence. That doesn't mean it's his fault. He's not getting charged with insurrection. But it does mean Kinzinger was part of that hot political trend in Washington to try to get rid of Trump once and for all by telling you January 6th was worse than Pearl Harbor, Civil War, or 9-11 rolled into one. They've all done it. But here is Kinzinger trying to explain that we got to get Trump off the ballot now or he's only going to inspire more violence. This is clip 12. Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy. If Trump is the Republican nominee, he'll inspire violence and divide America even more. We know that's true. We've seen it before. But you have a chance to stop Trump now before it's too late. Vote in the Republican primary so our kids and grandkids will have a democracy to inherit. Oh, shut up, woman. Because, you know, Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy because he said the 2020 election was stolen. Now, if this was the true standard of Adam Kinzinger, then you'd be trying to deplatform every Democrat in this montage. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? 
I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Whoa, whoa. So that's Hillary Clinton and every other prominent Democrat. And just to be clear, okay, the Democrats also trashed the voting machines when they lost an election. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. The workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty-three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. You are so full of sh- That's Kamala Harris saying the election machines were so easily hackable. She held a demonstration in her office to show people how hackable the machines were. I'll say it again, Kamala. You are so full of sh- But even more so, because when Trump said the 2020 election was stolen... The Democrats are like, oh, hell no. You can't say it was stolen. What kind of monster would undermine democracy by saying it was stolen? Never mind that they said it was stolen when they lost in 2016. They said it was stolen in 2008, excuse me, 2004, when John Kerry lost to George W. Bush. And they said it was stolen in 2000 when Al Gore lost to George W. Bush. So if you're keeping score in every election from 2000 to 2020, the Democrats said it was stolen in 2000. They said it was stolen in 2004. They said it was stolen in 2016. Three up for the Democrats. When the Republicans said it was stolen in 2020, the Democrats were like, that's undermining faith in our democracy. We can't have people like that on the ballot ever again. Here is Maggie Hassan. Okay, Democrat from New Hampshire, okay, saying that every one of these candidates is aligned with Trump to undermine democracy. Clip 11. So you look at President Trump, who advocates violence. He just did it in New Hampshire and Claremont a few weeks ago, calling opponents vermin, advocating violence. He encouraged violence on January 6th. He's an election denier. He brags about appointing the Supreme Court justices who have rolled back critical rights for America's women, and yet... Nikki Haley says she's voting for him. Ron DeSantis says he's voting for him. So 
what we have is a group of Republicans who are all aligned with Donald Trump would all undermine our democracy and ignore the rule of law. Oh, my goodness gracious. Again, you are so full of shit. But why are they doing that? I think you know the answer because they can't make a case for themselves. Okay, and in the age of social media, it's so much easier to reinterpret what someone is saying and sell it to low-information people who just want to brand properly on social media. Well, Maggie Hassan said Trump advocated violence. I don't want to align with that. She said Trump is bragging about rolling back women's rights. He didn't do that. But I don't want to align with that. (laughs) They want to ban elections and ignore the rule of law. I don't want to align with that. That's what she's going with because stupid people on social media will go, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. So I, I'll just click like on these statements, retweet it, put it in my profile, and people will think I'm one of the good people. That's why they campaign the way they do. Nobody talks oh. anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's Carson in 84, dude. I watch a lot of old Johnny Carson, a lot. Not, it's nothing to do with my profession. Like, I host a late night show. Obviously, no one in the overall scheme of things, hosts a late-night show, but Johnny Carson, it's the only one that'll ever matter. Okay, but I watch it because I'm fascinated by wisdom, because wisdom is timeless. And when you cut through all the hysteria of modern, you know, political talk shows where everybody is just manufacturing some type of a hysteria to get their audience worked up and think they're better than the other people, I mean, sadly, that's what late-night has become. It's activism masquerading as comedy. I'm talking about like almost no politics in my Saturday night show because I just want to give the country a place, okay, where they can feel like they're in an autonomous zone between like North Korea and South Korea, that DMZ where nobody shoots at each other. That's what I'm trying to give you for an hour a week. I'd love to go talk a little more about politics because we're really good at it on this show. And we'll get there in time, but I want the new viewers to understand that I'm bargaining with them in good faith and that if you have the talent, you could be funny without just sitting here and catering to one side of the political aisle for cheap applause breaks. Okay, but what everyone's doing right now in late night is activism. So I can't really watch late night and feel like I'm learning anything when it comes to analysis or the way I present myself. So I watch a lot of old Carson because I know the wisdom still applies. And what Carson was talking about in 84 and what he was talking about in 80 and what he was talking about in 76 Okay, is nobody was talking about the issues because it's easier to just demonize the other guy than it is to make the case for your policies. You ever seen such negative campaigning in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. Okay, and that was 84. But I got to be honest, what they thought was dirty in 84, my goodness, wouldn't even get three likes on Twitter nowadays the way we attack people. We not only attack the opponents, we attack the voters. And that's what Maggie Hassan was saying in that clip. That's what Adam Kinzinger is saying in that clip. You vote for this guy, you're going to get killed. They want to kill you. They want to take away women's rights. They want to ban elections. If this guy wins election, he's going to ban elections. If this guy who lost an election and left office after losing an election, this time around, he'll ban it. No, you guys don't understand. Everybody, you know, it wasn't until the second term that Hitler got aggressive. That's what they want you to believe. Trump is Hitler. It's just, you know. He's Hitler during the moderate years. Guys, here's a newsflash. If you studied uh, history, Hitler didn't have moderate years in office. That's true. That is true. There's no Time Life Presents. 
the Hitler blooper years. <laughs> All the gaffes are here. That, that didn't happen. Okay, he was Hitler. Trump was the host of Celebrity Apprentice. He has a halfway decent business acumen. He has bankrupted a lot of companies. Okay, he has thrown wild pitches. But the reason he resonates with voters is he keeps coming. No matter how much they disparage him, no matter how much lawfare they wage against the guy, he just keeps coming. Okay, do you remember the hitchhiker in the old creep show? Thanks for the ride, lady. The, one, the guy who gets run over, but he keeps showing up. That's Trump. Thanks for the ride, lady. Keeps coming back. Okay, and the Democrats have no means to stop him, so now they're just trying to outright stop his voters. And that's why we can't have nice things. Back after this. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing 80s music. I did throw out a trivia question after I played a drop earlier about an 80s movie. Ralph is on the line in Burlington playing for absolutely nothing other than bragging rights. Ralph! Hey, Jimmy, uh, just to start, uh, you know, I start out with, like, you ain't heavy. You're our brother. <laughs> and uh, a buddy, a buddy, his name is Tony Toast, says he's a big fan, okay? That matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was telling... Uh, Mikey, Mikey about uh, my grandfather uh, hiked from Canada all the way down to Canada. I mean, all the Connecticut looking for work in the 30s. And he come back up through toward Canada, landed in Burlington, secured a job, went back to Canada, legally migrated to Burlington, Brought four kids and uh, started his uh, establishment there in Lakeside, Burlington. No, so wow, and he, he did was, it the right way. And did he ever watch a specific '80s movie or no? That would be uh, <laughs> uh, Rush. Oh God, uh, <laughs> something times. In, God, I can't. Wow. I, I'm fumbling here. You, you, uh, we love you. No. You waited on hold no. an awfully long time to say fast times at Ridgemont High? Yeah, exactly. Well, With Sean Penn. Sean Penn was a student. Mm -hmm. And what a freaking hilarious movie. Great movie, but a terrible answer to my question. <laughs> love you. No, I got you. I we'll got do you. it again, Ralph. We will do it again. There we go. Get him out of here. Get him out. The movie, the movie, I'll give you one more hint. This is not a trivia show. I just threw it out there because I was in a loopy mood. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. That is not Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That is a different 80s cult classic that was filmed at Ogden High School in Ogden, Utah. If you were driving straight up Route 15, you'd just pull over and it would be there. And you'd see the school where Buddy Ravel threw down against Jerry, the guy who ran the school store. Me and Lincoln watched that. We've seen that movie a thousand times. Anyway, I'm not going to give it away. You're going to have to guess. 
Okay, but this is not like trivia where you're winning something. You're not going to get tickets to come see me. You got to buy those. I live in New York. It's expensive. The rent don't pay itself. Here are the dates. New dates announced. March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls, Idaho, the Colonial Theater. You better see me. March 2nd, the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. I'm hanging out with Gavin Newsom that weekend. Wish me luck. But the 2nd, Saturday, March the 2nd, Crest Theater, Sacramento, California. Friday, March the 8th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Saturday, March the 9th, Ponte Vedre, Florida. Just so we're clear, that Saturday we've added an extra show. There's a 5 p.m. show. Those tickets are on sale now in Ponte Vedre. Friday, March 29th, the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Let's go. Saturday, March the 30th, the Fox Theater in Spokane, Washington. Friday, April the 5th, we are at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. It is fancy in Federal Way, Washington, right there outside of Seattle. Saturday, April the 6th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. Saturday, May the 18th, the Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. And then we have a Huntsville, Alabama date to confirm and a Dallas, Texas date to confirm. I cannot tell you either at the moment because they're making all the magic happen behind closed doors. You know, you get the your booker gets in on the phone with their guy. The Fox media people get involved and they exchange pleasantries. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's usually how it comes down. And then they come back. But we work it out. and We'll have a date for you soon. We'll see you back. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ron DeSantis has pulled out of the race. Joining us now is someone who will quickly throw her full support behind Nikki Haley. Uh, Tommy Lahren is here to explain why. Tommy! <laughs> oh, I always love it when you when you tee me up with something that's going to make me laugh out loud. LOL, <laughs> as the young kids say. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm not in the icky Nikki camp. Um, no, uh, not now, not ever. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure she'll do well tomorrow, and then that'll be the last high note of hopefully a very short-lived campaign. Listen, you know I love you. Like, I've, like socially, like I think you're the coolest. I love you. I love your whole orbit. But I just want to clarify to make sure I understood it because I love this aspect of you. Did you call it Icky Nicky? Yes, I did call her <laughs> Icky Nicky. And I would like this to be on the record right here on your show, Jimmy Fela, uh-huh. that I am the one that's coining that term. I know that some people call her bird brain Nikki Haley. Oh, no. I don't like that. I don't feel like it comes from anything. I think Icky Nicky is a natural choice and uh-huh. a natural name. Uh-huh. So if Donald Trump does, in fact, pick up that name, mm-hmm. I would like credit. And you heard it here first. Well, if you want to see this take off, if someone is listening, okay, Icky Nicky absolutely sounds like a garbage pail kid now this was before your time tommy because you're 13 but there was a thing in the 80s called garbage pail kids where they had like these baseball cards made up of like ridiculous people uh and they would be like you know cartoonish depictions of like weird people uh icky nicky would be a great garbage pail kid and i am encouraging a listener to make a mock-up and tag me and tommy in it on social media at which point we can shark tank this thing and make some money and that would be the first time that I've ever heard that reference. Um, so also good for me as I'm learning the nostalgia of, you know, earlier generations. So it's a history lesson and a money-making opportunity, and I love both of those things. Capitalism. No, I think it's great. Um, listen, I think the roughest thing uh, that, tr- that DeSantis ran into is just how bad of a president Joe Biden is. Because if you have a former president in the race who's on the ballot, at least for the moment, 
it's hard if you are DeSantis or your girl Icky Nicky or anybody for that matter because you are asking them to buy your presidency on spec. They've never seen it before. The thing Trump has going for him is getting past the chaos brought by the Democrats and the media. People liked the Trump presidency in terms of the quality of life a lot better than they like the current one. So do you think that's the biggest obstacle for candidates that are trying to oppose Trump is just how bad Biden is? Well, that and also, you know, Donald Trump created a movement. He he really did. There wasn't really a movement prior to, to Trump. You know, there was Romney, there was McCain. So not really a movement, more like a bowel movement, uh, oh, but not man. an America first movement. Uh-huh. So I'm giving you so many good ones today, Jimmy. Nick, but Donald hot. Trump created a, a positive movement, and he is still the standard bearer of that movement. So for anybody to try to come in and, you know, usurp that was going to be a challenge. And Ron DeSantis has so many policies that are similar to Donald Trump's that he couldn't differentiate himself enough to be able to make up the difference. Uh, Nikki Haley is just really running in the more of the Democrat side of that. So, you know, she was able to differentiate herself a little bit more because she's awful. And that's where DeSantis ran into the biggest problem. But I do believe 2028 should be his if he wants it. So I'm hoping that we see the resurgence of a Ron DeSantis in later years. I think his time is far from over. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he is so young. So you're right to say he could run a million more times. Tommy Lahren is on the line. She is the host of Tommy Lahren is Fearless on OutKick. She is a Fox News contributor, a fan favorite on this show. Uh, and she is also an enterprising young woman who would like to make a garbage pail kid called Icky Mickey <laughs> so we can make this money. Uh, are you going to be back up in New York anytime soon? We're still trying to get you on my TV show, you big Either. Yeah, no, I know. I need to get back up there. I'm going to be up there in the weekend for the weekend show, Jimmy. Oh, I think you weekend. and I did that one time together, but then you <laughs> became too big of a big shot, got your own show. So I get it. <gasps> I get it. But oh. I will be there this weekend um, for some big weekend. Well, the fact that we only did it one time, I don't think has anything to do with this joke that I've become big time. I think it's they let us do TV once and they were like, never again. <laughs> it was funny. Perhaps. We but did boy, gr- we had a good time. I know. I, we had a great time. Or right, we got to work this out. Okay, we've got our own show. We can make this stuff happen. So let me ask you this. Okay, obviously we were joking and saying you're a Haley supporter and we know that you're not. Um, your prediction is essentially that she basically, even if she overperforms tomorrow, is finished. My question for you becomes this. I think everyone listening agrees Trump is going to be the Republican nominee and we're going to know that sooner than later. Do you think the fact that he's clinching too early is almost a liability because the Democrats can run against him for five months and then maybe even pull Biden off the ticket if it's not working? They've been running against him, you know, since 2015. So I don't think it makes a difference. There's nothing that they could do to Donald Trump that they haven't already done to Donald Trump. They've indicted him four times. They've impeached him twice. Mm -hmm. They've obviously railroaded him in the media since, you know, the beginning of the beginning of him coming down. Yep. In twenty. So there's nothing else that they could do to this man. At this point, it only makes him stronger the more they come after him. So, yes, they've been plotting, you know, for a a Trump candidacy for a long time now. But, you know, I don't think that there's anything else that they could pull out of the hat. Uh, I don't think a fifth indictment is on the way. But even if it were, it would only make Donald Trump more popular, at least to Republicans. So, you know, at this point, they better just focus on their own side of the aisle because they've got a lot of work to do. And I do believe that they're going to replace Joe. So they better figure out how they're going to get Kamala out of the way. That should be their focus right now if I were to give them advice and guidance. Well, in the era of identity politics, they can only replace Kamala with a woman of color. So that would probably open it up to Elizabeth Warren, no? Yeah. Well, you know, you can identify as anything you want these days. And I think that Gavin Newsom will run with that. 
So I think he can be whatever he wants to be, especially in California. So, you know, I'm still I'm still saying that Gavin Newsom is going to be no. their nominee. Some folks are saying Michelle Obama because no. she does fit the box that they need to check. But for me, I think Michelle Obama is having way too much fun doing what she's doing, yep. making a lot of money. I don't think that she wants to run and I don't think she wants to be president. It's much easier to just do it behind the scenes and in the shadows like they're currently doing. <laughs> yeah. Can I just tell you something really quick, though? You're 100 percent right. She's never running for president. I think it's like a lazy knee jerk reaction to say that because obviously she has high favorables in the Democratic Party. But the last thing on earth they want to do is get off Steven Spielberg's yacht and go hang out at the Iowa State Fair. They don't want to be anywhere near the little people. That's number one. Yeah, no chance. Um, They don't. And I don't think she'd have to campaign much. I think it would really just be handed to her. But I just I don't think that the Obamas, I I don't think that they want to have to assume the responsibility of being in office again. Like I said, they'd much rather just continue their 13th year behind the scenes and pull the strings (laughs) and make a lot of money on the side. Not that Joe's not already doing that as well. But, you know, they're they're enjoying their position now. I don't think that they want to have to do this and, and put in any effort when right now they've got it pretty good. That's fair. Okay, but let me ask you this, Tommy, since you invoke the idea of Gavin Newsom. Um, would his garbage pail kid name be Gruesome Newsom, as I've heard in the past on social media, or are you working up a new moniker for him? Well, I have called him Greasy Gavin since I was in <laughs> California. So the greasy Gavin is just one. I, I mean, look at his hair. That's that's where it comes from. Uh, his hair is an oil, his hair is an oil slick. It's not environmentally friendly. So I've been calling him Greasy Gavin since I lived under his reign of terror in California. So that's what I'm sticking to. Gruesome Newsome, also a good name, sounds more like you know WWE. So I'm, I'm, I prefer Greasy Gavin. But you know, really, whatever works. He does, and he does. To be clear, put on hair gel with a soup ladle. Yes, it's that's a, it's a lot of gel, dude. <laughs> it's a lot of gel. I mean, honestly, there's definitely a product out there he could use less of and still get the hold that he wants. Does he not know that? You know, like some men dressed to the last age, they were cool and they never evolved with fashion or technology. Do you think Newsom is using like 80s era hair gel? Like, is he using like L.A. looks? I'm not sure what he's using. All I know is that for as much as they talk about emissions and things being bad for the turtles, whatever he's got in his hair cannot be positive on the turtle community. <laughs> That's right. You're making me laugh because I think of John Kerry. John Kerry, like, he wants to ban plastic straws. I'm like, dude, you have a plastic face. I'm like, how dare you take away my straw if you're going to trot out a plastic face? No. No, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with with that assessment. John Kerry, another one who is stepping down, by the way. Uh, He doesn't want to be the climate czar anymore, and he's done so much for the (laughs) environment, by the way. So I think Mother Earth is going to be really sad to lose him from that position. Just as the border, obviously, really going to be sad to lose border czar Kamala. (laughs) It couldn't be any more open. Oh, it's so funny. Biden finally admitted over the weekend he screwed up. He's like, no, the border isn't secure. Uh, It hasn't been secure for 10 years. Give me the money. And I thought it was so funny because they have been, you know, Kamala with a straight face said it was secure. KJP said it was secure. Mallorca said it was secure. So he kind of blew that aspect of it. But really quickly, okay, when they even say, like, give me the money, it's such a scam because the border people haven't come to this country because we need to fix the immigration system. I understand that's an issue, but they're only coming because they're getting in. Right. And I think that we could do well to shut down the border. 
just entirely for at least a couple of years to let things, you know, level sure. out a little bit. Yes, our immigration system is broken. Yes, we want good people that are going to contribute. But, you know, we've taken in millions at this point. Maybe it's time to go through a little bit of a dry spell. Maybe we just close it for a little bit. And then we, we resume in the next couple of years uh, when, when we catch up with what we've already allowed into the country. So that would be you know, my suggestion. That's never going to happen because Republicans love an open border almost as much as Democrats do. But that would be my solution. And I'm, I'm hoping Donald Trump, you know, he's already promised mass deportations, hopeful for that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we've got on our hands in 2024, 2025. You know what's crazy, Tommy, about where I live in New York? Most of the migrants who are relocated here already think they've been deported out of the country. They're like, this This is, where am I? I have no idea. It's bananas. But what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get you off the line before you insult me because you have a perfect game going right now, which is very rare for you. And uh, it, this, it'd be nice if we gave the American people one interview where you didn't take a cheap shot at me. No, I wouldn't do that to you. There's too many other people in my sights today. So we'll end this one on a friendly, <laughs> civil note. And uh, I'll talk to you soon when you ever let me on your show. <laughs> you saw, you'll be there. You keep buttering me up like this. You'll be co-hosting it in no time. Tommy, we love you. Have a great day, babe. All right. so there Thanks. she goes, the great Tommy Laren, uh, who I uh, genuinely, like, if you were at a cocktail party full of media people, she would be, like, one of your top two hangs. Like, I don't even know I'd put ahead of her, but she's great at a party. Like, fantastic to talk to. Uh, and for once, she didn't take any cheap shots at me. But she did take plenty of shots at the Republican Party, which is, you know, some people don't appreciate in the audience. Like, hey, what are you doing? Okay, people like myself, people like Tommy, uh, we're not here to share opinions uh, that we hope will, you know, change the way anyone listening votes. We're just here to share opinions. They are our opinions. And the truth is, a lot of establishment Republicans love what's happening at the border. Just the same as a lot of establishment Republicans hate Donald Trump. I mean, Nikki Haley is only viable as far as she's gone. And I genuinely like Nikki Haley as a person, but she's only viable because the establishment wants nothing to do with Donald Trump. If this was just about, you know, who is better for the country, Trump or Biden, they would have threw every resource at Trump and politically pressured people behind the scenes not to even get into the primary. But the fact that Trump has the baggage that he does and that the Democrats are going to run on January 6th and all the criminal indictments means Trump has a much rockier path to the White House than people are telling you in conservative media. He is, I'm not kidding you, absolutely positively better for every single American as our president than Joe Biden is. Everyone. But that doesn't mean he's a favorite to get back to the White House. It means he's not, I don't want to say he's a long shot, but he'd be a slight underdog, even against Biden, as bad as he is, if only because they have already successfully convinced people of who Trump is. You know, they've spent the entirety of Trump's lifetime in politics telling you he's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin with a side order of Hitler. Okay. meanwhile, with a straight face, they've spent their entire life telling you Biden is sane and knows what he's doing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Straight up, okay, but that doesn't stop the media from telling you Biden's the man. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, a man who presides over pound for pound the best audience anywhere in radio. I am talking within seconds of Tommy Laren 
declaring Nikki Haley a garbage patch kid, a garbage pail kid named Icky Nikki. In came the garbage pail cards. Uh, Eric Stewart made a fantastic garbage pail kid. Eric Stewart on Twitter sent me a fantastic garbage pail kid of Icky Nikki, like puking out a window. Uh, Based layer, based layer. Uh, also sending me an Icky Nicky card with her in, like, Joker makeup. And even my brother Mike, stuntman Mike, chimed in with a Nicky Nicky garbage pail kid. Now, to be clear, just so you're all listening, I've met Nikki Haley on the air, off the air. I had her on a TV show. Uh, I've met her in person a few times. I actually consider Nikki Haley to be a pretty cool person. Wrong. No, but she is. I like her personally. I know you guys aren't crazy about her as a candidate, and I get that. Uh, but I still find this garbage pail kid thing funny. It's very funny. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> Woo! I just got confirmation, by the way. The Saturday night show this week, uh, we're probably going to get thrown off the air or maybe even shot on the air for this Saturday's panel. Uh, it's Charles McBee, who you love on this show, uh, Aaron Berg, who's as good of a club comic as there is anywhere in this country, and Tudor Dixon. Hubba, hubba. But those are the three that are actually on the panel, uh, and then there'll be some others as well. But it's going to be a really, really rowdy week, so buckle up, buttercup. As far as you and me hanging out in person, I announced at the start of the show today something I will announce at the end. A lot of you have asked for an autographed copy of my book, or you've messaged me saying, like, my dad's a fan, or my mom's a fan, or somebody's a fan, we want to get them an autographed copy of your book. This is the working uh, way to do this. Uh, Fox is hosting a virtual book signing that guarantees every attendee an autographed copy of my book. You buy the book, the autographed copy, by going to www.jimmysignedbook.com www.jimmysignedbook.com. It is Wednesday, January the 31st at 6 p.m. Eastern. Premier Live Collectibles is hosting a virtual book signing. It'll be me. It'll be you. Everybody who buys a copy of the book gets to hang out with me in the Zoom chat. Ask me anything you want. Talk about the book. Talk about my life. Doesn't really matter. Uh, we will answer your questions, but most importantly, in return for attending, you will get an autographed copy of the book. So it's www.jimmysignedbook.com. You go there now to register, and you've got yourself a copy of the book. Who loves you? I do, okay? I'm trying to get together with you guys as many different ways as I can. That's why I'm going back on the road in March. I'm on the radio five days a week. I do TV the sixth day of the week. Yet I'm still going to get out there on the road and make sure I see as many of you as I can between now and, you know, the end of 2024. Because the hook of this show is it's our movement. Like regular people like you and me have gotten their hands on a massive radio show and now a pretty big TV show that will only get bigger uh, because we are the cool people. We care about the country, but we don't take ourselves seriously and we can have a good time whether you vote our way or not. That's the hook of the keg party. That's who we are. We're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. We're kegs. We're the fun-loving people who just want to have a good time. You grab a red Solo cup and you come hang out. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, dig it. You got March 1st in Idaho Falls, Idaho. March 2nd in Sacramento, California. March 8th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. March 9th in Ponte Vedre, Florida. March 29th in Helena, Montana. March 30th in Spokane, Washington. April 5th in Federal Way, Washington. April 6th in Boise, Idaho. Saturday, April, uh, May the 18th, Boston, Massachusetts. And there are more dates coming in Dallas and Huntsville and several other cities that will be identified in short order. In the meantime, 
The show's over. We had a fantastic time today. Shout out for the fine artwork on the Garbage Pail Kid. Hit me up on social media if you need me. Other than that, pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.